Calgary football fans. This is your quarterback, the Bo Show with Bo Levi Mitchell on Sportsnet 960. Brought to you by SML Entertainment. The Bow Show for SML Entertainment. Pool tables, hot tubs, patio furniture, and much, much more. With four locations in Calgary, Cross Iron Mills, and Red Deer. Go to smlentertainment.com for details. All right, I'm impressed. That's a good one. Good start. Good start today. We're going to jump right into it. Welcome to The Bow Show. This Tuesday, August 14th, day one, day A of practice today. Uh, but we've got a packed schedule here today, and i got a lot to talk about, so... Uh, we're going to talk a little CFL, talk a little bye week trip down to San Fran. A little argument of uh, Zion Williamson. So we'll talk that probably like towards the end of the second segment. So if you have, if you do not know who Zion Williamson is and you're looking, or sorry, you're listening to the show, uh, Google his highlights, YouTube his highlights. Uh, go check him out. And uh, I want you to join in the conversation on the text line, 960-960. Uh, let, let us know what you want to talk about there in the end. Um, but I've also got a, a fun topic for us here at the end as well. Uh, but let's jump into some CFL stuff first. Um, just on last week's games, I mean, I, I you know, the bye week, I try to watch all the games. Obviously, harder when we're actually playing and you're preparing and whatnot. But, um, when did you get back from San Francisco? Uh, I got back on the 10th. What day was that? Um, Hold on. 10th was a Friday. Friday. Yep. So did you you saw did you see games when you were on vacation? Yeah, you oh, did. Yeah. You watch games down there? Yeah, yeah. Nice. We pulled we pulled it up on the computer. So oh, I watched. Nice. Yeah, I watched the uh, the Edmonton was it Edmonton, Edmonton BC game yep. down there. Yep. Um, and then when I got back, saw the Montreal Ottawa game. Um, and what was the other game that Hamilton we, and Winnipeg? Yeah, and I didn't see much of Hamilton Winnipeg. I saw the caught the very end of it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. So let's let's talk. What everybody wants to talk. We'll talk Montreal, Ottawa first. Um, what I kind of expected coming into this game, I expected improvement, which I saw. Uh, I expected some big plays, which I saw. You're talking about Johnny Manziel. Right? I am. Yeah. Talking about Manziel mania. Um, I saw a guy that I think at some point will be successful in this league. You know, I, I mean, was it flashy numbers or anything like that? No. And, and Ottawa does have a great defense right now. Um, but I saw a guy that was controlling the offense and, and they were calling favorable plays for him, but he made great plays. The one thing that got me, um, if I go back and watch his highlights from college, I remember watching him in college, the hit he took on the goal line. He never took those hits in college because he made guys miss. He, he dove around him when he had to, um, but he never let a guy square him up like that. And, and the, the thing that bothered me about that is, He's pressing. You know what I mean? He's, yeah. he's trying to make a statement. And to me, that's that's telling me, like, you're not going to be as efficient as you want to be if you're trying to make that statement. If you're trying to fit a ball into a window, um, you know, kind of what happened last game will start to happen more often. Yeah. But y- your team needs you for 18 games. And that's, you know, the Mike and Mike learned it early on. You know, I mean, Mike still takes some hits every now and then, but nowhere near as many as he did when he first started. You know, and that's that's. I guess my, you know, not criticism because I like I like the guy. I think he's gonna be good. Um, just you you can't take those hits. And I love that he's selling out for his team, trying to get a touchdown. But once once you understand the nuances of the game, if you're on the one lo- yard line, I mean, unless you're against our defense, you're most likely getting a touchdown. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can still get the, and it's probably going to be you on short yardage, getting the quarterback sneak. Um, but don't take a hit that possibly knocks you out of the game or knocks you out of the season um, because you want that extra yard when you're going to get three downs to punch it in from a yard when your defensive line is a yard off. It's weird because, so I, I watched I watched a good chunk of that game and I thought that he did a much better job of pulling the ball down when there was nothing there. I thought yep. he worked through his progressions a whole lot better. I thought he was definitely more accurate. I, I thought the most... I'm I'm as skeptical as they come on on Johnny Manziel in this league, I, and and until he proves otherwise, I'll remain a skeptic. But I, you certainly saw improvement, and I think that the fact that he was way quicker to use his athleticism and not try to force things in the pocket, that's a huge sign of improvement. As he, uh, as as he get closer and uh, gets further and further into his time, I think they'll expand the playbook a little bit more, and you'll start to be a little bit more comfortable and not because it was. You're right; it was pretty simplified in terms of the, for a second straight week in terms of the plays he was running, but to be expected he's got like what 10 days of practice now with his team so the other thing that i liked is that he used two veteran receivers a lot yep. guys who were not getting any touches prior ernest jackson and adarius bowman both got way more action than they've gotten at any other time and i think it just comes down to the fact that they're reliable route runners and you know that they're going to break when they're supposed to break and curl when they're supposed to curl and you you can you can find them easily so I, those are the two things that i like from johnny Manziel that he relied on the guys that he probably should rely on and that he was a whole lot quicker in pulling the ball down. So if if he can continue taking steps each and every week, then I think my skepticism will be broken down, but I'm still very clearly a uh, Johnny Manziel skeptic. Four interceptions game one, zero game two. What are you seeing from him to maybe not force the ball or, as Pat mentioned, hang on to the ball, take take the sack? What, what did he go through in one week that quickly to take those mistakes away? I thought the adrenaline kicked back a little bit. Okay. You know, I think in that first game, because I, I go back to the third and three throw, I don't blame him at all for the amazing play he made when he made three guys miss in the pocket and he tosses the ball to Sutton and it bounces off Sutton's hands. Yeah, Sutton should have made that. Yeah, that's yeah. not an interception. That's, yeah. you know, that's not, yeah. So the one that got me was third and three. They kind of run a little bit of a, a NFL trick play, if you will, where you kind of reverse out, face the tailback, and it's a really bad fake. And not on his part. That's the, the point of the play. It's a bad fake on purpose, so they lose the running back, and then you throw it to the running back right away. NFL does it all the time. It was one of Peyton Manning's staples. Um, on that play, when I saw him, the running back kind of get locked up a little bit, and he went to his second read. When you, when you watch a quarterback throw with the timing of his feet, the velocity of his arm, uh, is he patting the ball? You you know if he's going to throw a completion. You know if he sees a guy wide open or if he's a little bit hesitant and he rips it to try to force it in there. Um, when I saw him throw, I, I thought, oh, there's somebody wide open. And then to see the ball go straight into a DB's hands with with it didn't look like a receiver in the area. You know, it was it was five to six yards over Ernest Jackson's head. Mm-hmm. You couldn't tell if he's trying to back shoulder it to the to the guy running the go route. That was, to me, I was like, that's the adrenaline, like, oh, it's third and three. My first read's not open. I'm panicking a little bit, and, and I'm ripping the ball instead of just throwing a nice, accurate ball out there because that's just the nuances of the game, seeing the field wider, being used to it. Just put the ball with air to the sideline, and you, you got a completion. Um, that's what I saw the difference in game two. I didn't see those balls where panic set in, and he ripped it, and it sailed 10 yards. I saw accurate balls. I mean, there was some that didn't spiral, but I'm, I've always been one of those guys. I don't care about a spiral. 
the ball gets to the place where it has to go, it gets to where it has to go. Um, and that's what I saw the difference in. He was, you know what? Let me not try to impress too much. Let me just go out, give my athletes the space, the ball in space, be a point guard. And that's what I thought he did. And to 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 honestly to go back on what I said before he got here, if you don't respect this league, you're gonna get embarrassed. And I will take those words back, not take them back, but I will say that Johnny Manziel has respected this league. I respect him for that. Everything he has said, he said the mm-hmm. correct things. Um, after a four interception game, he continually said, it was me, it was me, I have to be better, I have to lead my guys. That was impressive. That's what. That's the difference I wanted to see from Johnny Manziel is having a bad game and, all right, do you just hang him up and say, forget it, I'm going home and I'll ride my college career for the rest of my life? <laughs> or are you really going to make a comeback? Are you going to stay here? Are you going to make a difference? And that's what I think he's doing. You mentioned the success he had in the NCAA. Can they design plays specifically for his skill set at the CFL level with the bigger field and anything like that? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this it's, it's way easier to do it here than it is in the NFL. The well, NFL, they did it forever with Jeremiah Mazzoli, right? Like for the until this season, he was they, they designed plays like that all the time for him. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I and I know, I knew I know June Jones's system very well. I played for June Jones in college for two years. Uh, I did not have a lot of success in that system, and and. A little bit had to do with me coming from a, a program where I threw the ball 12 times a game to all of a sudden having to throw, throw the ball 50 times a game, and each route has 10 different options on where they can break. Um, so I know when Johnny got there, that was a shock because you're adding a player on defense, you're adding a player on offense, the field's wider, windows are bigger at times and, and smaller at other times. Um, your throws have to be out quicker on short routes because – a six-yard hitch to the outside receiver to the field is a 38-yard throw. And the ball is in the air for, you know, a second. Yep. So that becomes different than in the NFL college game. Um, but in college, I, I think the system he ran, he was with, he's with Mike Sherman. Yep. He's with a guy that I think says, you know what, this is our guy. I'm going to create an offense around him, around this guy's skill set, and allow him to be successful. And that's honestly, I think that's when the best – quarterbacks come about you look at drew Brees going over to um to new orleans and him and um sean payton they said we're going to create this offense together when i saw that i was like they're going to be so successful if you run plays your quarterback likes if you don't force him to do things he doesn't like run things that he likes to do what he's good at what he's great at reading what he feels comfortable doing that guy's going to be successful so i think the more and more you see johnny in his offense and not taking unnecessary hits the more throws he gets to make, the more things he gets to see defensive-wise, coverage-wise, blitz-wise, the more he understands the nuances of the CFL game on three-down football compared to four-down football, I think you're going to see a more and more successful quarterback. Knowing, uh, knowing how much of a train wreck Montreal is right now, I don't know that you know you don't want to go and disparage another team because you still have to play him again this year, but how, how much dip, more difficult does that make it for Johnny? Because his, his offensive line isn't great. His defense is an absolute train wreck. Like he's not he's not being put into a great situation to succeed right away, and I wonder I wonder how that might hamper things for him too. Oh, I mean that's that's huge. I think I think if you're a, a football fan or a sports fan, I mean I know you're asking the question for the fans, but you know the answer to the question. Um, it's it's huge if you put Johnny Manziel on our team and allow him to run, take the time to learn our offense, and have the defense that we have, he'll be more successful than he yeah. is in Montreal right now. We have a better football team. You're going to be in better field position. Um, you're not going to have to score as many points to win the game. And once you're up, it becomes what he's very good at. 
And I think that's what's going to make him better is, or sorry, is what is going to make him a good quarterback in this league is once he does get up, the danger of him running the football becomes very difficult for a defense to stop you. Because we're going to, I mean, if you look at, uh, to me, what Hamilton's doing right now, they're not, I don't think they're putting Jeremiah in bad positions as far as getting hit. They're giving him zone read and he reads the D in and, and pulls the ball. And, and as you saw, he almost ran like a 20, 25 yard touchdown. Yep. Um, but the hits he's taking isn't bad because he's making the read. He has proper numbers to, in order to go that way. But I, if I'm a coach and which I will be one day, I avoid putting my quarterback just because he's athletic. I avoid putting my quarterback in a situation where we run QB draw and you have 12 guys now trying to barrel down on him. That's, that's the right. difference. Create do zone read, allow him to have the option to throw the ball, uh, create some plays where, yeah, you run, you know, read option, but stay away from the, you know, the QB draws where you're getting your, your franchise quarterback smacked too often. You saw Riley do them a lot back in the day. Yeah. Lule used to do them. I used to do them. It, it, any, nobody does them anymore. You guys get taught to slide like a, a baseball player at second base. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't go out there and practice it. No. Um, he did it a couple times yeah. last week, though. A couple feet times first. Where he slid and went feet first. Feet first. Yeah. I see guys head first. Well, Still. and it's and that's that's a you natural, know, just a natural. Yeah, thing, yeah. I mean, I've I've always been a baseball player, and I've always gone feet first when it came to football. Um, there's times to go head first. You know, what I mean, there's there's times oh. you've seen guys do it. You know, going for the goal line, going for the extra yard uh, in playoff situations or yep. critical situations, but. Avoid those situations in regular season play in an 18 game season. Yeah, but either way, very impressed with what the guy's doing. Um, he, I think I was, I think it was Davis that said, uh, Davis Sanchez. No, did he light the world up? No, but you saw a, a for me a vast improvement from week one to week two, and I think that's that's a good sign. Oh, he couldn't couldn't really have been worse than than week one, but you're right. It 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 was a big step. Right, forward. but he still could have came out and had two picks. Yep. And everybody's like, "Oh, yeah, well, he's he's still not seeing it." But I, I thought he saw it. You know what I mean? I thought I thought there was a that was a, that was a fast learning curve for yep. me from week one to week two against a good football team. So how many more steps does he need to take before? Like how, how many? How much more improvement do you need to see from him? I mean, I've I've seen what I need to see. Okay, as a quarterback, I I think the guy's going to be successful. I think he's going to be here for a while. Um, again, avoid the bad hits and that yep. happens. You know what I mean? Um. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think. Obviously, you want to see the guy go out there and light it up for three hundred and run for eighty yards, and um, you know, have one of those Mike Riley games where you have three throwing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown, um, and that'll come. Yeah, I, I think, I think he'll have one of those before the season's up. Has he reached that. out to you ever? No, no, no. Um, should he be talking to some of the guys around the league, or is that? Well, I mean. You know, now that he's in the league, it's probably not the right thing. I always to do, try right? to put myself in the guy's shoes. Yeah. You know, so if I if I walk into the NFL right now, um, I'm I'm not going to try to get Tom Brady's contact no, information yeah. Or, yeah. or get Drew Brees and be like, hey man, how do I be successful? Yeah. Uh, they'll laugh at you. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, I think they'll respect you for trying to figure it out. But uh, you know, there's trade secrets when it comes to this game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I I'm on the fence. I want him to succeed. And I want to see him do that. Um, but I I understand that he's in a position where I'm sure he feels why would yeah. anybody outside of my team help me be successful? Yeah, you know it's it's one of those where you go to college with a guy he's one of your ex teammates you kind of help him out lean on him try to help tell him how this game is fixed um, 
but yeah, definitely you're not you're not calling guys from other teams saying, you know, hey, how do I do this? Yeah. Okay. Um to me, another another big point, Big Hill is back. <laughs> I see that guy. He's interceptions, he's making sacks, ten tackles. I mean, that guy always been a huge fan of him and I knew he would be. I heard some some criticisms when he first came back and I kinda giggled. Uh because I, I just I'm like, if y'all don't think this guy is gonna be the same player he was just because he went to the NFL for a year, y'all are insane. Yeah. I mean that the dude's a baller. Football players are football players. Um to me, exciting to see one of the all stars back in the league. I just wanted to mention that. Uh where does Deron Carter end up? Does he even return to football? If he wants to, he'll have a place to play. I'm I'm pretty certain that whether it's Montreal or BC He'll have, I think BC's dropped out now, but whether it's Montreal or, or another, I think he will have a place to play if he wants to play. But he's talking about maybe he doesn't want to play anymore, and he's, he's reevaluating things. I think, it, I think there's too much talent there, too much natural ability there for him to not play. Um, but you know, I think he's going to have to convince teams that he's willing to buy in and, and ready to be the teammate that he needs to be. But if he wants to play, I think he'll play. Short term. I think he can fit in anywhere. It just seems like long-term, the relationship between him and whoever he's with just doesn't work out, right? Yeah. And what's the best fit on a team with Johnny Manziel and try to create chemistry on a team that's not going anywhere this year? That or, would be amazing. Or a team way. that's close to a playoff spot that needs that one extra player. Yeah, I think, I I mean, I don't I don't like to comment on team situation, but since right now he's an individual player as a free agent, the one thing I'll say is that his talent is, it's... I mean, there's no words that need to be said. He's a talented player. He's an all-star. Um, you plug him in anywhere receiver, he can get the job done. Uh, I I agree. I don't know the guy's situation, and I don't know the stories. I don't know which ones are true and which ones are false, so I don't want to sit here and say that um, that he's a problem in the locker room or he's fighting with coaches. You know, the, the rumors are out there from multiple different media sources, but, you know, I, I'm one of those guys that, you know, hey, well, which ones are true? Mm-hmm. You know, there's. I'm sure there's players in the locker room that told stories that weren't true, uh, and I'm sure some of them are. But you don't know which ones are, and you need to judge them off the ones that are. Um, so I think probably that's where the tires are being kicked. It's not talent. It's not whether the guy can fit into your offense. It's more the guys kicking the tires, saying, "Hey, what was the problem? You know, was it was it skirmishes with with certain guys that he has a history with, and is that why? Um, you know, or is he a a me guy all the time and it's a locker room problem and it's something that's going to make our team worse in the end because of it. And is, is it worth the risk reward? Is it worth the talent? Um, but I agree. I mean, just you're in week eight, you know, guys, most teams have 10, 10 games left on their schedule. Is he a guy you bring in? If you're a guy, a team towards the bottom of the league that needs to get some offensive production uh, to make some big plays, sell some jerseys, sell tickets, whatever it might be. It's crazy though. When you take a look at Duran's career, and, and and I don't know, I think for a little while there was some thought that, that he and, and Chris Carter were a little estranged, but it, it seems like Chris Carter has taken a, a huge investment in his career in recent... Like, Chris Carter was a longtime member of the Minnesota Vikings. He is one of the most beloved figures to ever play in purple, and, and he spent his entire career with one team in the NFL. Deron Carter went to four colleges, and since he's turned pro, he hasn't stayed anywhere longer than two years. He is bound... I, I just I, I wonder what it takes for him to 
fit in somewhere long term because he's still relatively young at 27. The guy has got as much natural ability as anybody in this league. He should be able to be a long-term member of a team somewhere. He's as versatile as it gets. You always have that option of playing him two ways. So I, I just I don't get why it hasn't worked. And I want I don't know if it's something that that his dad can do. I don't I don't know what it is. But if if he can ever figure it out, somebody has got an absolute talent on their hands. But at this point, the question is very much unknown if he can ever figure it out. Well, and the, the one article I read today was that last year, him and Chris Jones met every single day. Yep. That tells me a lot. If you have to meet with your head coach every day, that tells me there's something going on. And then I guess those meetings became more sparse this year. Um, and now, lo and behold, the guy's cut. You know what I mean? I, again, I don't want to tie things into what I don't know, and I don't know anything in that locker room. Um, even the stories I've heard from ex-teammates, things like that, I don't know what's true. You know, and I'm not going to spread those because I don't know the situation, but I agree with you. His talent is top, is elite. I mean, the guy can make plays that other people cannot make. Yeah. Um, what I mean, what does it take to get that situation? It, it takes him deciding that he wants to be there. You know what I mean? I mean, every, and, and I, I have no disrespect for the guy. I mean, um, if he was on my team, I would have a talk with him because the one thing that gets me is that every time the ball is thrown your way or somebody says something to you, it has to become a thing. It It's every time the ball is thrown over there, it's looking at the other sideline, doing something. Like, I mean, when you make a one-handed catch in the end zone for a 40-yard touchdown, absolutely celebrate yeah. your tail off. And that's the way you play football, and that's what gets you going. That's awesome. Look at Deion Sanders. He was one of those guys that he was a me guy, and he wanted to be that dude. But I, I would assume on that team that some people got fed up with it. That every time you're over there celebrating, jumping around, and doing this and that, and then you get beat on a play, they're like, okay, why don't you focus? That's the biggest thing is focus. Are you are you focused every mm-hmm. single play? And that's I mean, I don't know. That's that's my take on it. I mean, I hope the guy I mean, I saw what SJ Green said. You know, he said he's too big of a talent and and why wouldn't you want a guy like that on your team? Um, you know, and, and more power to him. You know what I mean? Hope the guy finds a home and figures things out and, and decides he wants to play football. And if not, man, go do your own thing. Uh we'll take a quick break. Uh when we come back, we'll talk a little Talk a little San Fran trip this bye week, and then we're going to talk Zion versus LeBron. I had a heated discussion in the locker room today with my backup quarterback, Nick Arbuckle, about athleticism. And uh, definitely want to jump into that and see what your guys' thoughts are. But uh, we'll be right back here on The Bo Show on Sports at 960 Defense. This is The Bo Show. Hell yeah, yeah. On Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The Bow Show for SML Entertainment. Pool tables, hot tubs, patio furniture, and much, much more. With four locations in Calgary, Cross Iron Mills, and Red Deer. Go to smlentertainment.com for details. We are back. So, little bye week. Went down to San Fran. Have a, a plan to go L.A. Dodgers. So watch the Astros against the Dodgers. Go up to Pebble Beach next day. And the next day, go watch the Astros play back. Well, 
Dodgers game is up being a little bit earlier than I thought it was. It was at it was at one, not seven. So didn't make that. So we landed. We went straight to San Fran. Airline loses my clubs. <laughs> Lo and behold, take a wild guess. It was United. Um, what a beating. <laughs> so I go do the form. You know, I'm like trying to explain the situation, and lady's like, "Listen, I don't care what the situation is." Tell me what your clubs look like. Tell me what your bag looks like. Write the hotel information down, and we will send them to you when we find them. You know, I was like, it's it's like nine ten at night. I'm like, I'm sure she's dealt with a thousand people like this today, so I'm not even gonna worry about it. It's not that big of a deal. Did she actually say I don't care about your situation? Yeah, that's amazing. Oh yeah, (laughs) customer service experts. (laughs) (laughs) But but I do understand, like, if you're the person has to take complaints all day. It's not like, her fault. It's yeah, true. It has, no, she, but like, still. she can't, like, me telling her my story of the flights I took, and I'm sure she's heard that 30 or 40 times that day. She knows, listen, your story is not going to help me. Just here's the information, write it down for me, and we'll find your bag. So, so yeah, so we, we basically what happened was we flew Delta, and then in Spokane, we switched to United Flights. We dropped my daughter off in Spokane. Yeah. Fly down to San Fran. Lose the clubs, get there. Oh, nice. So this was a this was a uh, kidless trip. Right? It was a kidless trip. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, I missed my daughter the entire nice. time, but it was it was fun to be able to go out with the best friend and the wife and and his his girl as well. Um, so they they're like, listen, we'll text you every twelve hours and let you know the update on your bag. So every twelve hours for five days, I got a text that said, we cannot find your clubs. Uh, or sorry, it, the technical thing. It says yeah. like we have not located your bag. We will update you with uh at you know further notice whenever we have found it. Um, so canceled golf. Tried to do Alcatraz. Alcatraz was sold out the entire time. Uh, we ended up biking over the Golden Gate Bridge down to Sausalito, which is an amazing little town. But going over the Golden Gate Bridge was awesome. Um, that was a really cool experience. I suggest you to do that if you ever go down to San Fran. And then we just saw the entire city. Um, and our hotel was haunted. So <laughs> you knew that going in, or yeah, you, well, yeah, okay. I did. <laughs> you wanted to be there then? No. Okay. <laughs> what happened was, <laughs> San Fran is very expensive. Um, there's things I like to spend my money on. Hotels isn't one of them. You know, if, if I'm going to stay somewhere for a while, yeah, the hotel needs to be nice. But uh, I'm not going to stay in the Four Seasons to pay fifteen hundred dollars a night. When I'm not going to be in the hotel, I'm spending my time in the city, seeing things, you know, eating out, doing things like that. Um, so my buddy was trying to book the trip, uh, the hotel, and they couldn't find a great place place for a great price. So I was like, here, let me try and take care of it. So I jump on and I'm scrolling down. And it was, hey, mobile discount exclusive, 40% off. And I was like, oh, man, I looked at the price and it was 220 Canadian. I was like, OK, that's. I mean, I know that, that still sounds expensive per night, but it was compared to everything else was three hundred fifty. San, San Fran's hotel downtown prices are ridiculous. Insane. Holiday Inns for four fifty a night Canadian. Yeah, absolutely insane. Yeah. So, a prestigious hotel had good reviews. I was like, all right, cool. So I book it, take care of both rooms, and I was like, you know, we found a good price. I was like, y'all, you know, take care of Ubers and stuff when we get there. Um, so, then to fast forward back to where we were. Uh, the clubs get lost. We get in an Uber, get to the hotel. It's it, and if you don't know San Francisco, there's a place called the Tenderloin, which is any any city, major city. Uh, if you can think of the worst area, that's where we were. Okay. Um, <laughs> so bad that our Uber driver, as we get out of the car, and he drops us off on the side of the street where our hotel is, he says, "Hey man, listen, 
this side of the street is okay. Y'all don't go on that side of the street. Like, not talking about, like, a neighborhood over. Like, literally, just the stores on the other side of the street, he said, do not go to. He said, your wife's too pretty, and you're not big enough. Don't go, don't go to that side of the street. And I'm like, man, what are you talking about? He's like, you know, there's there's dealers, there's, there's girls, there's uh, junkies. Um, he was like, it's not worth it. It's very dangerous. Stay over here. So I was like, all right, cool. Great first impression. Um, but yeah, I mean, so my, my buddy tells me to send him the information to the hotel. So I, I, I Google, and when I type in the Whitcomb Hotel, the first thing that comes up is the Whitcomb Hotel Haunted. And of course, <laughs> I go down the rabbit hole. I start reading all oh, the no. stories. <laughs> so I know a lot more stories than the other people in my group know. Uh, I tell my wife that it's haunted. I tell them, and, and he tries to keep it from his girl, Kimber, and then end up telling her like right before we get there um but basically we get in the, we get in there i asked the concierge because the main thing i knew was not to stay on the third floor and he hands me my key card and it was 378 I'm, <laughs> like, I'm like hey man um i'm like is this place haunted and he's like no 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 and that's just a rumor it was years ago that that was a rumor he's like that's just you know, blah blah blah, and it's and but it's on the list for 100 most haunted places in America. Okay, so that's one of the things I found in the rabbit hole. Um, get up to the third floor as the elevator opens, all glass all over the elevators in the hallways. So as you look down, it looks like the hallway just goes for miles. And I was like, I know I'm just gonna walk down this hallway at some point, and all of a sudden a dead girl is gonna pop up on the <laughs> other side of the mirror. I'm gonna turn around, she's not gonna be there. Then when I turn around again, she's gonna be standing in front of me. Uh, it was <laughs> basically that was the fear you're walking out with. So as you got out of the hotel, you were like, "Oh, nice daylight," and then you were like, "Oh, wait, we're in the tenderloin. Yes, <laughs> we need to get in our Uber as fast as possible and get to a better part of the city." Um, so in, uh, to end the story, we we go to leave. We're grabbing our bags, and my buddy comes down. He's like, "Hey, man, we just put our bags back there because our flight's later. Your golf clubs are back there." And I was like, "I was like, no, nah, you sure?" He's like, "It has your name on it." So I walked back there. I talked to the the bellhop, and he was like, "Yeah, man, he showed up like two or three hours after you got here." <laughs> and I'm just like, "Y'all didn't think about contacting me." He goes, "The the airline told us they would," and I I have texts every single day I was there that the airline said we still have not found your bags, but they're sitting at my hotel, so we didn't get to play golf. So you missed um, a chance to play at uh, at Pebble at Pebble because Spanish you, Bay your, your golf court, your golf bag was <laughs> yeah. in the hotel. So we, we ended up booking That's TPC Harding, amazing. a good course, towards the end of the week, and they still weren't there, so upset that we couldn't play. But that was that was the bye week. That was a it was a fun, eventful trip, and nothing happened haunting wise. So, so did that they, was did the good. guy at the hotel at the front desk did he roll his eyes when you asked about like is this is this a haunted like did he roll his eyes? No, out? he seemed no, like he was trying not. to convince me like no no okay, sir no okay. sir it's not haunted. Like, don't take your reservation back. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, you couldn't. There was nowhere within the same price range anywhere near us. How about that Uber driver knowing everything about the city? Like, to know that? Yeah. Oh, well, I guess it's very well known. He got Texas Smitty, and he's like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't (laughs) stay there. (laughs) And every store that we... So we walked about three blocks down, and it starts to get into, I guess, the financial district, and that's where it it does get better. Yeah. Um, We walk into a shoe store, and I was like, talking to the shoe guy I was like hey man I was like I was like we're staying you know down the street I was like is the tenderloin that bad and he's like over here nah it's not that bad and I was like no nah, we're in Hotel Whitcomb he's like oh yeah that's bad <laughs> <laughs> so we asked like three to four more people and every single person gave that same answer like y'all shouldn't be staying there so felt lucky 
Felt yes. good. <laughs> is that is that your uh, biggest brush with a bad area ever? Uh, man, probably. I mean, there was multiple times where I kind of grabbed Maddie and pulled her a little closer to me. I mean, it, it was so bad. They said you can't walk down the street texting. They said 100. You'll have your phone jacked. Somebody will run up and grab your phone and sprint. There's no way for you to get it back. <laughs> I found my I found myself in a bad area of Chicago about five years ago. South side, right? Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was it was deep South Chicago. Yeah. And when I, when when me and my book, because we went we went to get checkers because we'd never had to. We're, like, we're going to the closest checkers. Uh, and when we got back to the hotel, um, I asked I asked the concierge like, "You guys should not have been there because <laughs> like you guys are lucky that you didn't get jumped." And it's lucky that we where we were was right on the highway. Like we didn't go, but. It was scary, and and when we got back, yeah, the concierge was like, "What were you guys doing there? Like, you, you don't go there as a tourist. You get your shoes jacked, and like, it was a bad area of town. That like, was that was terrifying. Like when you're driving, you don't stop. No, Remember no, this is that, like this is what that like cops tell you. Like, if you find yourself in that area, you lock your doors and you drive. Yeah, like, you don't do stop. Not, so <laughs> like the movie a... Vacation with Chevy Chase. Remember, he stopped and he said, "Go over there." And the next thing you know, all his wheels were gone from his car. See, but so I, did you find out after? Yeah, I found out. See, well, I, I, I knew when I was there. Like when we got well, off you the train, feel it, right? you're like, "Oh boy, we are not in the right area of town." Like <laughs> but, you knew while you were there, but I don't know. I didn't know how bad until after we got back to the hotel. All right, but after they told you that, you felt a little tougher though. Didn't oh, absolutely. You, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They like stayed away. If you they don't, saw if me. you don't know, you're walking around. You know. Naive about it, you're like, oh yeah, this is this is a bad area. It's not that bad. And everybody's like, man, I can't believe you survived. And you're like, yeah, well, I'm DJ Power Player. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they saw. I was wearing, I was wearing my name on the back of the shirt. They saw. Took selfies with a shirt going, I survived South Side of Chicago. Terrifying, right? Man, that was a uh, that was a fun trip though. I mean, I I don't suggest you stay in the Tenderloin at all, but. <laughs> Go to San Fran, check check it out. They did have one place called Chloe's Cafe to remind me exactly of Dairy Lane. Yeah. But without a doubt, some of the best food I've ever had in San Francisco. Nice. That place was hands down awesome. So you got one more bye week. What's uh, what's the plan for your final bye week? This is the only one we don't have a plan for. We, we've had trips planned for both of them with our, our friends from back home. Um, and I, I always try to wait a little bit because, you know, if something happens in the, the game going into bye week, I stay. You know, try to get treatment, get yeah. body right for the next week. But luckily, going into both body weeks, I felt really healthy after the game. So, um, got to go through with the trip. So it's, you know, don't have a plan yet, but I'm sure we'll nice. we'll think of something. Nice. All right, take another quick break, uh, and when we come back, we're gonna talk a little Zion versus LeBron, and then we're gonna talk a little. Uh, this is one of Maddie's ideas, one of the new segments we're doing. Maddie's ideas of what to talk about on the radio show because I've run out. Um, <laughs> ESPN, ESPN eight, the Ocho. We're going to talk because that's what I watched in the hotel. Okay. We'll talk that when we come back here on Sports at 960, the fans. Back to the Bo Show for SML Entertainment. One, two, three. On Sportsnet 960, the fan. All right. Zion versus LeBron. Text in if you have any comments or you want to join in on this conversation. But basically what's happening is uh, our new quarterback, Montel, shows me the video that most of you are probably seeing on ESPN and all the sites today of him dunking from the free throw line. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool, man. And he's like, this is Zion. And he reminds me, it's the kid that you probably saw a bunch of highlights of him from high school. 
dunking on a lot of people that look like me. Um, and I, I was never that impressed with it. I thought it was cool that he would cock it back and, and, and throw it down. Um, I never saw him dunking on anyone, you know, maybe once or twice from AAU. Um, but then Montel turns and shows Nick, our backup quarterback, and says, Hey, look, he's like, Oh, yeah, that's Zion. He's six foot, he is six foot nine, 285 pounds. And he's like the most athletic dude in the world. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, that's not that impressive that he dunked from the free throw line. There's a lot of guys that can do it. I know it was impressive the first time Michael Jordan did it, and that's part of his legacy. Yeah. I was like, but since then, a lot of guys can do it. And he was like, well, he's, he's more athletic than anyone in the NBA. And I was like, you think he's more athletic than LeBron James? And he's like, absolutely. He said he's, he's 285 pounds. He's, there's nothing LeBron James can do on a basketball court that Zion can't do. I'm like, you're talking about a senior in high school and, the, and one of the greatest. I'm not going to get an argument of Jordan and LeBron and Kobe and all that. It's not basketball. Athleticism. Yeah. LeBron James is an athletic freak. This guy is insane when it comes to everything. And he has the gall to say that Zion is more athletic than LeBron. And we got into a heated discussion over it. Right? We, went, we went back and forth. I, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I would, what was his defense then? What was, other than just showing the dunk, that was it? What, what? Well, he said, I've, he, said, he, he said, I've never seen LeBron James dunk from the free throw line. And I said, so you're basing it off a of skill, dunking, yeah. from the free throw line. I was like, but just because you've never seen LeBron James do that does not mean LeBron James can't do that. I've never seen Russell Westbrook do it. I guarantee you he can do it. Yeah. I saw Zach Levine do it behind his back. So you, there's no way you're buying the argument. I don't think there's. it's even a discussion. It got to the point where he was like, if they did a Spark training camp, Spark is the Nike Spark, and yeah. you kind of, yeah. So it's kind of like a combine kind of thing for basketball players. He's like, if you did that, Zion's Spark score is higher than LeBron's. And I was like, okay, first of all, how old is LeBron? 34, 35, whatever. Yeah. I was like, but let's, let's take him coming out of high school. 240 pounds, 6 foot 9. Okay, and, and just so you know, the actual stats on Zion is six foot five, two hundred and seventy pounds. He's listed differently everywhere you go. Yes, he was listed in high school. High school as a six foot eight, two hundred eighty five pound person. ESPN had him at six six two seventy two on their recruiting ranks. So that's yeah, yeah. And so at the actual official like basketball thing, they got him at six five, just under six six, six five three quarters, whatever, two seventy. That is a special athlete to do what he's doing, though. He's 30, 40 pounds heavier than LeBron and be able to jump, right? That is, is, you don't do see you, that. You don't see... I don't, it's special, but is it is it anything that LeBron can't do? Well, we don't know because LeBron's never been 280, 270 pounds, right? Like, there, yeah, but LeBron James right now is... 270 either. pounds? LeBron James right now is 250 pounds. Exactly. Still an extra 20 pounds. And Look, so you know. the argument is not basketball. And right. nobody, nobody's making the argument that this guy no. is, the, is, is a better basketball player. No, no, no. The, the argument is that there is nothing LeBron James can do athletically that Zion cannot do. And we're talking just about strict athletic feats. Athletic. So, I mean, we got to the point we started talking about skills. And, okay, could he dribble the same? And I was like, absolutely not. Can he do some of the things LeBron can do athletically? I say absolutely not. 
I watched the kid's highlight tape. He's playing against me. He's playing against you. I know. Five foot eight, five. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bring race into it, but he's playing. You know, in a predominantly not athletic. <laughs> You know what you're saying. You know you what mean, I mean? He's not, he's not, all he's his not highlights like, against the NBA All-Star team. Yeah, Bo, no just... one's contesting these dunks. <laughs> no, he's he's playing. He's, he's playing, playing against one. Steve he's Nash's he's, kids out in he's, Vancouver. He's playing against six foot six foot guys who show the YMCA. And yeah, yeah. He's playing and against he's playing against your dad's fundamental basketball. The janitor decided to pick now up he did play AAU. I don't want to take anything away from the guy. He is. Look, he's, he's the number he's two gifted. recruit, right? He's 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 part of the Duke had the number one, two, three recruits going into the season. I mean, he's he's a hell of a talent. I, I but yeah, he's going to be awesome at Duke, but he's not going <laughs> to he's not going to out athleticism LeBron James. So we got to the point he's like, well, yeah, well, dribbling stuff like that is a skill that doesn't have to do with athleticism. I said, absolutely, it does. I was like, being an athlete, the, the term. Let's let's get technical. Being an athlete. Is being able to pick up any sport and be good. You see, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, LeBron James could play linebacker or tight end, that kind of stuff. He's athletic like that. You could, I feel like you could put LeBron in any and kind of athletic yeah. competition you and wanna, he would excel. You want to, let, let me, let me, let me get to the root of the, the argument for me. When I think of athletes, I think of Michael Jordan, yeah. who can be a scratch golfer, Steph Curry. Russell Wilson, who could play baseball, Deion Sanders, Bo Jackson. You these guys can pick up any sport and be good. Yeah. There's not there's not a sport that I have played I'm not good at. Yeah. I, I can't like talk about cricket, things like that, but ping pong, golf, <laughs> baseball, basketball, football, anything I've ever done, I've been good at. Yeah. It's just it's being an athlete. LeBron James is an athlete. He's an athletic freak. Zion can dunk the basketball. Yeah, it's it's impressive, but is it? It's not groundbreaking. No, it's just one of those things. There's a viral video of him dunking from the free throw line. You go take a look, just which doesn't even make sense to me. Why this got so viral? Like, I don't think it's like that it's the first like, time it's ever yeah. happened. The, the reason why it got so viral is as I play devil's advocate. I don't actually believe that he's more athletic than LeBron James because LeBron James is like a top ten athlete in the history of the, of, of the planet. Absolutely, but. But the reason why this got so viral is because we are talking about a 270-plus pound guy doing what 230-pound guys do. He, he's fast. He's got hops like guys like that do. Like you don't usually see units like that getting that far off the ground. And yeah. Even though he's playing against no, defenders. His, yeah, like his vertical is insane. It's ridiculous. His athleticism is off the charts. He is. I don't think there's any doubt in that recruiting class he's the most naturally, freakishly athletic guy. So that's that's why this thing has gotten viral because he's doing things people of his stature never do. You don't see human beings of 275 pounds doing what he does. Yeah, but we're seeing athletes more from NCAA basketball. Not even they're not even basketball players. The first overall pick, Markel Fultz, they changed the shot. They didn't like how he, he's the first overall pick. He can't shoot. Yeah, Lonzo Ball, the second overall pick, his free throw percentage last year, 45.2 percent. Have you so, seen his shot? Well, yeah, it's it comes from the left. It makes ear. a lot of sense. <laughs> yes. So a Zion, <laughs> can he dunk? Can he do a jumper? Can he can he do a free throw? Like, is he even a basketball athlete, or is he a dunker? Or is he just a dunker? And that's the thing. I don't. I and and that's. I, I'm not even going to down the guy's basketball athleticism. But if I wanted to, I could, because he can't do the things that LeBron James can do on the court. Because nobody can. 
nobody ever has. Russell Westbrook can do some of the dunking athletic things that LeBron James can do. Steph yeah. Curry can shoot better than LeBron James. KD can do a lot of the things LeBron can do, but not as powerful. When you're talking about an athlete, he has everything. He's speed. He's powerful. He has height. The guy is polarizing. Yeah. And play defense. Absolutely. You need to be foot speed. Agility. Runs, what, 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 the way are, he runs the floor. Like remember yes. all those times in the playoffs, man, with the heat, that iconic block, man. Like that's a you know, I think that's a huge dude running down the floor, getting up way high up, blocking Igadala like that, man. That's huge. Yeah. Like that's that's all a part but of it. But you're assuming you're assuming this guy can't do that, Logan. He, it's in his can, you think he can run the floor like he, LeBron James no, can? No, no, well, but he, that's, he but, can throw it off the backboard like LeBron James can. Everybody sees that and like, oh, that's LeBron James. Like, no, it's not. He didn't run from the other baseline. Yeah, the guy can't yeah. run like LeBron James. Like, yeah, go ahead and say he's two hundred seventy pounds. That that's that works against him. Yeah, in my mind, if you're two hundred seventy pounds, you should be more explosive. Yeah, you should have more power in your legs. Is yeah. it harder to move that weight? Yeah, absolutely. But we're talking about the greatest athletes in the world. Yeah. So this discussion got this heated in your dressing room with the new quarterback? Oh, for 20 minutes. No, no. Not with the new quarterback. Okay. Montel just showed me the video of the oh, guy okay. dunking. And Nick was like, oh, yeah, he's, he could, he's more yeah, athletic. Yeah, he buckled it. Okay. it was you and I was and like, guy. you think he's more athletic than LeBron James? <laughs> I can name five guys. You're getting pretty <laughs> I can name five guys in the NBA more athletic than him. You're pretty red right now. You're, you're getting a little heated here. It was yeah. fun, man. Yeah. It's, it's fun to have those conversations when it's not about who's the best basketball player in the well, world yeah. in history. Like, it's a different conversation, Yeah, right? you, can't, you can't compare the guys. Like You can compare you numbers, can, but you can't no. compare eras. Like, I don't like having that conversation. And that's always been the conversation. It's always you have your LeBron fans, your Kobe fans, your Jordan MJ fans. fans yeah. I see. I think Kobe tweeted out a couple months ago when someone was talking, maybe right after LeBron lost in the finals or whatever. He just said, stop comparing everybody and just accept that there's levels of greatness. Just be happy that you get to see greatness. Yeah. Why does one have to be better than the other? Absolutely. Why can't we all just well, be like... We wouldn't have dope. sports radio yeah. then if we didn't get to have these debates. And, but it's, no, it's, no, you still... Absolutely you still would. Are you kidding? Have you heard ESPN radio? These debates take up half the, the conversation. It doesn't have to. I know. I'm just, I, I'm just saying. But it's a fun true. conversation. No, 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 I understand it's, always, it's a fun it's conversation. It's always comparison but, yeah. instead of enjoy. You know what I mean? Like, I, I watch... Yeah, see, that's what I mean. It's like, I think someone could sit there... Like, I think there's people who legitimately are like, I don't like LeBron James because I think Kobe Bryant's better than him. Exactly. And that's what I, that's more what I mean, Pat, is like, you can't just... Like, you can't have that comparison and not respect both of them in that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I I completely agree, but that's... That's when cooler heads prevail. Yeah. And that doesn't happen in a locker room. Well, yeah, well, 60, yeah. <laughs> that, that's very fair. strongly yeah. opinionated <laughs> gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> it, it becomes... It becomes uh, Kobe versus LeBron, and then it becomes attacking where you're from and the basketball you know <laughs> and your basketball knowledge and how you would know what's good and what's yeah, and not. Your college was garbage. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you didn't even have street hoops. Yeah, our you grew up in a gaming how community. How an Astros fan and all that kind of stuff, right? Oh, 100%. <laughs> all right. Anyways, Nick, you're wrong. It's not Sorry, even a discussion. Nick. Sorry, Nick. Great dunk, though, Zion. It was cool. I watched Zach Levine do it behind his back. I bet Russell Westbrook could do a front flip from the free throw line. <laughs> so you're not a believer in the uh, number two recruit. Of course, the number one recruit. No, I didn't say that. Canadian. Canadian. I don't have a problem with his basketball skills. You just don't think he's I just don't athletic. think he's more athletic than LeBron James. R.J. Barrett, of course, is the number one recruit from that draft, and he's uh, from Ontario. Canadian. Yep. That's all his interviews this morning. It was good. All right, my last thing before we head out. So in the hotel, uh, waiting on um, everybody to get ready, and... 
my buddy texted me from the other room. He says, turn on ESPN right now. Yeah. And I was like, all right, what is it? He said, it's ESPN aid the Ocho, and they're playing tag. And I was hooked. I watched it for an hour. It was India. It was India versus Iran. And it took a while to figure out the rules. Like, there's bonuses on getting a player back. If you tag somebody, it knocks one of their players out. Um, but it's very, like, uh, baseline to baseline rules. You have 30 seconds to make a move. If they tackle you and you don't get past your half court, you know, they get a point. Um, it was hard to figure out. But then <laughs> it, was, it went from very hooked to, to very ESPN 8, the Ocho-like. And the next thing was Lightsaber Legion. Yes. This was on ESPN. Lightsabers. <laughs> they were dressed up in Star Wars. It's 100%. Right here. Yeah. I look, so, so on August 8th, they turned ESPN 2, because it's 8-8. Eight, eight. Yep. They turned ESPN 2 into ESPN 8, the Ocho. And at 2 p.m., they played the Saber Legion 2018 Awakening. Yes. Which followed. It wasn't tag. It was called Kabaddi. Yeah. Kabaddi. So I'm watching Light, oh, Lightsaber Legion. <laughs> And they're oh my gosh, the the pre-fight interviews, like the most unorganized <laughs> thing I have. Like ten people came up with this idea, and they were like, "Let's create this, and we'll sell it to ESPN Deal Show." And they're like, "You know what? Forget it. Who cares? Star Wars fans will watch it." Um, and <laughs> the the pre-fight interview was the worst thing I've ever seen, but it got me thinking. My wife had the idea. She said. Uh, you know, you, you and Trey talked about it so much. Why don't you ask the guys if you became so you're not a football player, not a baseball, nothing, none of the good sports. If you had to become professional at any ESPN, the eight, the Ocho sport, <laughs> what would it be? And I have five choices for you. Okay, let's go. Kabaddi, yeah, which is tag, lightsaber legion, okay, spike ball. The bean, spike ball is legit. Spike ball is legit. Beanbag toss or dodgeball. Because the other ones was like sumo and you know some other. They also had roller derby on. Yeah, roller derby. Yeah. Yep. I just want to uh, before we get into this, I just want to. I'm on the Saber Legion website. Their mission statement: Love and always represent your characters and who you are. United through sabers. Oh man! So it was in a hotel conference room, and there was probably 12 people there. And one was the ref. Two were the people competing, and three were the other guys waiting to compete. And the person is like, "And the crowd's going wild!" <laughs> and like nobody's making a noise. It was like that. It was like that production of like you're like, I can't believe what I'm watching right now. By the way, the answer is spike ball. Spike ball, 100. percent Okay, I'm biased because you're at my high school, for sure. at my high school, at Bishop Carroll High School in Calgary, we used to do a dodgeball tournament. Uh, in the middle of the school year, and you got like teams of ten. You had a couple girls on your team. And you guys represent a country. And then during the lunch hours, when the games would be, and we would pack the gyms in the stands, and it got like super competitive. We had like big time dodgeball. We had just, the teachers rotated as referees. We got music pumping in the gym, and it was like every year. It's been going on for like ten years now, and it's become a huge thing there. So I'm a big dodgeball guy. It's always been a, a classic at Bishop Carroll High School. And I'd have to go dodgeball, but spike ball would be a close second. Spike ball is like spike ball is actually like a an athletic thing to do. Like it's not an easy thing to do. Oh no, yeah, you gotta you gotta be able to move. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's we play against uh, 
we like me and Mayo would always play against uh, some of the girls from the hockey team, yeah. and they play every day before they go out on the ice, and they would kill us. It's probably good for hand eye and stuff. Oh, it's right? awesome for it. But yeah. like once we figured it out, then the games got competitive, and you're winning by a point or two. Um, but in the beginning, like if you don't know how to play spike ball and you play with somebody that does, it's you're gonna get just embarrassed. Get, it's volleyball on on a net that's sitting on the ground, it's just a circle. Yeah. And so instead of hitting over a net, you just spike it onto the net that's on the ground, and it just you know obviously goes in the opposite vector, and and you're running back and trying to you know underhand hit it, get it back there, spike it, soft touch it. Um, definitely a fun sport but uh I, i'm with you i think dodgeball dodgeball is the one for me just because that's where espn ate the ocho well it's the that's middle of originated it's, it's, it began, yeah. it's the middle of summer too there's nothing to watch you know august 8th but on these shows toss. yeah okay you guys <laughs> was yeah. there a dodgeball on trampolines too see that's the one i was thinking of like yeah, i used to yeah, love that I one because the guys before. would jump and then the dodgeball would hit them and it'd go 50 feet in the air and they're all running <laughs> over there to try to yeah catch it yeah. So do you got because Sky Zone dodgeball. Do you guys remember Spike TV and, and yeah. Slam yes. Ball? Oh, yeah. you, yes. Like Slam Ball was basketball on trampolines and was some of the greatest entertainment. You could watch for about five right. minutes and you're like, okay, I'm, I've seen enough dudes flip through the air and, and slam dunk. But like for five minutes, you're like, holy, this is like, enter- and then it, it wears off. But it was entertaining for but a very short period of time. To me, I think th- it's, those things are entertaining because it would be so fun to play. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, to play slam ball basketball with some of your friends, like instead of a pickup game, like, hey, let's go down the flying squirrel and play slam ball, would be fun. Because because me and you can't 360 dunk. But all Those of a sudden, you put us on a trampoline, yeah. and we yeah. can 360 dunk yeah. and do things that we can't do. That's what becomes fun in sports and entertainment. But to watch it, it's like, eh, it's not that, it's not that good. Yeah. Dude, I'm watching Kabaddi videos on YouTube. It's pretty hardcore. Yeah. yeah. That is not for the faint of heart. No, it's, it's real. It's like rugby, tag, and Red Rover. And they go full tackle. And wrestling, like actual and wrestling. wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Ever heard of the show American Gladiators? Used to, I used to watch it. What do you mean? Have you ever heard of the show American Gladiators? Never. Who hasn't heard of it? It hasn't been on TV what ten years, right? It hasn't been on TV. They're bringing it back. They brought it back a bunch of times. Yeah. Yeah. The original one with the... Yeah. What do you think about the ninja? The ninja show. American Ninja Warrior? Yeah. That's athleticism. Yeah. That's... that's like jumping, climbing, running, sprinting. Like, could, could Zion do American Ninja Warrior? There's, there's our argument right there. <laughs> yeah, We're there going to put LeBron yeah. James LeBron against James. Zion in American Ninja. You tell me who wins yeah. that. The 270-pound high school kid or one of the greatest athletes in the world. Yeah. We went all over the place on this, uh, on this program today, didn't we? Hey, man, that's... I, I bet... People will say this was the best. All the millions of viewers will say this is the best, the best show we've ever had. This is the had. best. This is the most athletic bow show ever. And by the way, just to to wrap up your tenderloin story, Derek Wills was listening. He had the same experience in the tenderloin. He 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 says <laughs> it went from high end to horrifying in about two blocks. Oh yes. And he and his uh, he and his quickly. lady had a very terrifying experience in the tenderloin themselves. Yeah. And and knew less about it going in than you did. So they oh, weren't man. even forewarned. Oh, man. Wait, guys, appreciate y'all listening in. I'll be back next Tuesday. Um, just to mention, didn't even talk about it, but we'll be in SAS this Sunday, August 19th. Uh, see you guys there. We'll try to silence the crowd there for y'all, but appreciate y'all. Top titty, hell yeah. It's the Bo Show brought to you by SML, SML Entertainment, Pool Tables, Hot Tubs, Patio Furniture, much, much more. Five locations in Calgary, Cross Iron Mills, and Red Deer. Go to smlentertainment.com for details. Hey,